Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 261 and we're talking about hot destinations for 2013. Actually 261B since this <laughs> is our second recording. We had some radio interference in the, uh, the first try and uh, hopefully this one will work out a bit better. It's going to sound even better because it's like the, the, real, the real version. Last one was just a trial run. <laughs> Well, we've managed to have almost a whole week without uh, the website going down and pages are loading fast. The forums are back up and working. The entire community side of the section's up and working. One-click Facebook logins back up and working. I think the Indie Travel Podcast website is working again. So it's looking really good. <laughs> feel free to, uh, to come back, check it out. Uh, there's a new tours section there, tours.indytravelpodcast.com, and that's where we're putting all the promotions and deals now. And there's also um, the new review section oh, where yes. uh, people around the world are reviewing uh, books, activities, restaurants, cafes, products. Products. And uh, yeah, so if you'd like to review for us, drop us a line. And uh, if you'd like to see some of the very earlier reviews, then go check that out. Also on the reviews section, we've put out some reviews from our last week here in Jerez. We've had a really good week. We've done all sorts of things, and that's very much reflected in the excellent reviews that we've got up there. What have we done? We went to the zoo first. That was fun. Mm. I'm not usually a zoo person, but I really like that this zoo has a focus on reproduction. It's trying to get um, animal species that are in danger of extinction back into the wild. So that's really cool. A focus on reproduction, huh? Yes. Uh, we also made it to the Turkish baths. Oh my the goodness, Hamam that was so good. Here in Andalusia, and uh, yeah, that was quite pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. We showed up, and they've got three pools. They've got a really freezing cold one, a tepid one, and a hot one. And the idea is you start in the tepid one, and you go to the hot one, and then you freeze in the cold one, and then go back to the hot one, then cold one, then hot one. It's really good. And after that, we had uh, a body mask and facial scrub, all sorts of things like that, and then a massage. It was just so relaxing and wonderful. <laughs> it was lovely. Uh, we went to a couple of cafes and bars that we've never been to, and I'm pretty sure we did something else. Yes, that's right, the Clock Museum, the mm -hmm. Palacio del Tiempo. That was quite fun. Uh, surprisingly were... <laughs> fun. <laughs> surprisingly fun. Clock Museum. Yes, it's a museum about clocks. They have about 300 different clocks. Some of them are very small, some are very big. The oldest one's from 1670, which was quite impressive. We also tried, to, well, we thought we were going to go to the Mystery of Jerez, which is one of the attractions here that's advertised all over the place and the tourist maps and everything, but it's closed. It's actually one of the museums that's attached to the, uh, the Palacio del Tiempo, but no, it is no more. So do not try to do that because you will not be able to. <laughs> no, the one thing you should do is head over to guides.indietravelpodcast.com because as well as uh, our books that we've got so far, Art of Solo Travel, Art of Couples Travel, Woman on the Road, uh, we've also got our two new guidebooks, our very first city guidebooks, uh, Buenos Aires and Las Vegas up for pre-sale. And they are, they're looking really good, very, obviously very well edited, but also very well written and well produced books, they're just gorgeous. Uh, there's a good pre-sale price on those at the moment, so you can come by and pick them up cheap, and then uh, they'll be launching in February, so we're beginning so to build up to that and looking forward to it, it's all good. Well, today we are talking about hot destinations for 2013, not in terms of weather, even though hot weather is very much on my mind right now. The, uh, <laughs> it's quite cold here. <laughs> the winter. 
And, uh, but yeah, things that we think are going to be interesting, going to be exciting, going to be a place for you to head to or, or get excited about this year. Mm -hmm. Although we should say that anywhere you're excited about is a good place to be excited about because the whole world is amazing and oh, fantastic and wonderful. Course. So we've got things that we're excited about that probably no one else is. <laughs> and you'll be the same. But there are some, some places around the world that are, that are being talked about, that are being, I don't know, that are up and coming. And we're excited about those too. Yeah, well, one of those is where we're sitting right now. It's Spain. Um, the economic problems in Europe continue. But one thing yes. it does mean is that costs are coming down. So traveling in Western Europe is kind of getting cheaper. Mm -hmm. And Spain, in Spain is a classic example of that. Yeah, I mean, we go out for lunch. It costs us seven or eight euros for a full meal. We would never be able to do that in New Zealand. That's unlikely in, in much of even South America. In Asia, yes, okay, you can eat cheap. But here in Europe, that's that's a very good deal. Mm. So uh, we really like Spain because the food is good, the people are friendly, and there's heaps to do. Of course, you've got the big cities, Madrid, Barcelona, and, I mean, there are lots of cities you can visit. But we're most excited about the smaller cities. Um, we spent four months in La Coruña. Here in Jerez is really nice. I don't know, there's just something about it. It feels like the real Spain, if there is such a thing. Well, I guess the thing is that the places are smaller, so people generally have more time and are friendlier um, than in a big cosmopolitan city where everyone just wants to get to work and then get home from work. That's true, it's the same uh, in all cities all over yeah, the world. Of course, of course. But yeah, Spain is a great place to be. We've spent a year here and we think you should come and visit this year. Um the other place in Europe I was thinking about was Slovakia and Slovenia. Now, they sound quite similar. but <laughs> You've only put them together because you've got they're, slit at the beginning. <laughs> they're quite different. Quite different. Um, well, no, it's that's not true. I mean, Slovenia we've always enjoyed. Uh, but going to Maribor and to uh, um, Bohinj this year really was quite eye-opening wasn't it it was amazing that they were just beautiful beautiful places and in fact when i was showing people the photos of our indie rail trip we'd go through and i'd say oh you know here's vienna which is amazing and here's prague and berlin and we'd go through go through and then we'd get to bohin they go what the oh my goodness ah <laughs> and they start calling people over to say look at this beautiful place it's so amazing so it really is worth your attention it's one of the most beautiful places we've been this year and we've been to well last year and we went to a lot of really beautiful places and then there's Slovakia as well, which is not nearby. Um, <laughs> it's relatively and, close. It's still in Europe. <laughs> and it doesn't have love in its name, like Slovenia. That's true. I always thought that was quite cute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Slovakia has one of the European capitals of culture this year. It's uh, Košice. And we've been there once, but it was really some time ago. I think it must have been about six years ago. Yeah. And I don't remember it that well, but we did a quick uh, image search and it's got this beautiful cathedral and, uh, you know, the kind of old world Eastern Europe look about it. Really nice. So yeah, I think that would be a good place to visit. It, it's kind of sad when you have to go and do a Google image search on places you've already gone. But we were only there for <laughs> one day, I think, maybe yeah. one night. Yeah. And it was in the middle of our mad... 2008 crazy trip yeah so i you know we'd been working and then we had one week off and we're like quick quick go and see all of slovakia and or hungary we went to about 30 countries that year so it was uh, yeah, it was quite mad quite intense um 
And then the other capital of culture is Marseille in France. Yeah, every year there are two European capitals of culture. And it does seem that they choose one bigger destination, more well-known, and one smaller one. And this year, certainly the larger and more well-known one is Marseille. We have never been there before, but it does look like an amazing place to go. And we were just recently in Nice, which is along the coast from Marseille, and we were amazed. It was one of our surprise, exciting destinations of our mm. indie rail trip. We just, because we weren't planning to go there, we ended up staying there instead of staying in Monaco, which is very expensive. And when we arrived, we're like, this, this place is awesome. We really like it. So if Marseille is anything like Nice, then <laughs> it's definitely worth a visit. So these capital capital of cultures, they always put on special events through the year, normally extra exhibitions and shows and sculpture and things like that. So it'll be a good time to get to either of those two cities if you're in the neighbourhood. Well, let's keep heading east into that kind of dodgy area that isn't quite Europe and isn't quite Asia, but is sometimes called either, depending on the current... Uh, political discussion going on. Depends if you're talking about Eurovision or <laughs> <laughs> geopolitical divides. <laughs> yeah, um, and the country we're talking about is Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's just kind of come on our radar in the last six months to nine months as a really interesting destination. It started advertising a lot uh, for tourism and it looks really fascinating. Yeah, and we know next to nothing about it, but the images we've seen and some of the, the stories we've started to read have got well, got me excited anyway. Yeah, I think I got you excited. <laughs> that sounds quite likely. Quite likely. Let's go to Georgia. Let's go to Georgia. Let's go to Georgia. <laughs> it's well, one of those destinations that hasn't really got much attention yet, but I think it will in the very near future. That, that whole region, the kind of... Mm. Um, West Asia, I don't know, yeah. for want of a better description, doesn't have very good connections from Europe, so it's hard to get there. You know, there's not really budget flights there yet, although I'm sure they'll be coming soon. And uh, I think that might be the new big backpacker destination. Yeah? Yeah. Not yeah. not yet, because there's no infrastructure, but I think that it's the, the off-the-beaten-track kind of future place to go. Yeah, well, I guess um, West Western China is kind of like that as well. If we just keep moving over into China, um, the you know the eastern seaboard, kind of Beijing, Shanghai, um, that's established now. It's going to keep growing. I think all of the BRICS countries, mm -hmm. um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, they're all going to continue to grow, continue to move on in tourism. But yeah. the um, well, they're all growing in terms of economic development, and so. As they have better infrastructure, more people will be visiting them, especially Brazil, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, but as you're saying, maybe kind of Central Asia, Western mm -hmm. Asia is going to start picking up. I think it'll be interesting to see how much Western China um, and even the north up along the border with Mongolia, how much that begins to, to kick off for people looking for off-the-beaten-track adventures. Mm -hmm. I, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, and Ru Russia and India as well are both big at the moment. I mean, every time, every time I'm talking... <laughs> both in terms of size and focus. That, that, at the moment, <laughs> I think they will always be big in terms of landmass, yes. Well, whenever we're talking with people uh, for the first time about how long we've been travelling for, and we say, oh, we've been travelling for seven years, like, oh, have you been to India? And... I haven't been to India. <laughs> it's one of those places that you just have to have been to. You have to go to. And we'll get there eventually, but oh my goodness. 
there is so much to choose from. It's enormous. Mm. And there's things going on all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Sri Lanka, the island off the, the eastern coast of mm -hmm. India, I think that's going to be a, a hot destination this year. I think that's really going to start picking up as more people either base themselves there or add it on yeah. uh, to a trip from India. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth looking into. I think it looks like a fascinating place. Yeah, yeah. And then thinking about Southeast Asia, well, Southeast Asia has been a kind of a backpacker haven for years. Yeah. And uh, I think that will continue. I mean, Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam are all very big. And I think Laos is going to get bigger. Yeah. Not in terms of land mass. It's going to stay the same size, <laughs> just in case you're wondering what I was talking about there. But uh, I think it's going to draw more people in. And hopefully the closing of that really, really terrible tubing activity that killed people uh, in Bang Dieng is going to draw more people in for more sustainable tourism, like uh, walking and nature activities. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful countryside, and it was kind of ruined by this druggy haven. So disgusting. Um, and so the government's cracked down on that. They've um, shut down the bars that were selling drug-laced drinks and methylated spirits as alcohol and everything like that. And I think it's got an opportunity to really position itself as a ecotourism, adventure tourism destination. Mm -hmm. Um, things like zip lining, kayaking, mountain climbing and hiking. Yeah. Uh, Laos could do really well out of there. But anyway, it's going to be a, a big developing country this year as people start going from Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia and adding Laos on. Yeah, which is exactly what we did uh, two years ago and it was, it was amazing. Yeah. We had a really good time. Yeah. Unfortunately, not enough time. <laughs> but we'll just have to go back. Well, the other backpacker staple is Australia and New Zealand, mm -hmm. and I think they're going to be pretty stable this year. I mean, both of them have relatively strong economies compared with the rest of the world right now, which makes them expensive, mm -hmm. um, New Zealand and Australia. However, they still offer great value for money. Yeah. The, what you can do there with the money you spend is fantastic for both places. And even more so, uh, if you go for an extended time, you go for the three months that most nations can get on a holiday visa, or uh, you get a working holiday visa, so you can you know, financially sustain yourself while you're there. Yeah, and, uh, and both countries yeah. are very good with those visas because, well, I got a working holiday visa for Spain, and it's been the worst decision ever because no one knows what it is. No one knows how it works. But in New Zealand and Australia, there are a lot of jobs for people who are coming on over with those working holiday visas. It's not too much of a problem finding short-term work. And, uh, yeah, it's quite quite easy, according to the people I've talked to who've, who've had those visas. So that, that's a very good option if you're under 30. Mm. Uh, New Zealanders and Australians often jump up into the Pacific Islands uh, for their holidays during mm -hmm. winter to get a little bit of sun. Um, Fiji's been the traditional destination, and I think that will stay there, despite mm -hmm. the politics around it. Um, Bali, of course. Um, the Australians tend to jump to Bali and the Kiwis to Fiji. That's <laughs> normally how it works. Yeah. Um, those, those will stay. I don't see that changing, but it'll be really interesting to see... Uh, one of the other Pacific islands try and try and take it on. Mm. And uh, a few years maybe... ago, Samoa and Tonga both did uh, mm. kind of got a lot of attention. I wonder if Niue or the Solomons or I mean, you know, the Cook Islands they they come and go. Yeah, yeah. In terms yeah. of attraction, but they tend to be accessible from New Zealand, not really from that many other places. Mm. 
So yeah, that'll be interesting. Well, let's spin the globe again and head around to the Americas, uh, where we've got the other bastion of uh, of backpackerdom at the moment, um, South America. It seems like Southeast Asia, the Australian New Zealand region, and the um, the central and southern bits of South America have been the big backpack destinations. Um, it's just going to keep growing, I think. There's, I think so. there's no room for anything but growth there. Oh, um, it, it's so awesome. South America <laughs> is definitely worth a visit, but it's not cheap. I mean, people think of it as a backpacker haven, but it's not It's not a cheap place to go, certainly not in the south. Mm. Um, Chile and Argentina are about the same as New Zealand, and then you go across to Brazil and it's even more expensive. It's like going to Australia, and Australia is not a cheap place to visit. However, I think Brazil's really going to get more popular over the mm. well, more visitors certainly over the next year because of uh, the big 2014 Olympics and uh, World Cup. Uh, yeah, double whammy. I mean, with yeah, the football World Cup and the Olympics, it's going to be bang bang. So this is the time to get there before it's done, if mm -hmm. you want bragging rights. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was there it's, before. <laughs> it's it's also a great place, and mm -hmm. the extra money they're putting into the. Um, the infrastructure, new event centers, and uh, it's just all going to be good. Mm -hmm. uh, Rio de Janeiro is obviously the, the jewel in the crown. Oh, so cool. um, but we enjoyed some of the smaller cities in the south, or mm -hmm. towns really. Um, Parachi uh, really springs to mind. Ilha Grande was, it was just nice, relaxing. phenomenal. I'd love to go back there. Um, and then uh, heading further up north and heading inland um, from Rio, fantastic. Uh, Sao Paulo's the big um, kind of business city, mm -hmm. and it's worth avoiding if you can. There's there's nothing there for the casual tourist. We had a good time, but yeah, it wasn't really a draw card in and of itself. Mm. We were amazed that we were in an apartment and looked out of the apartment windows, and it was just city for as long as you could see. It was like in Star Wars, you know, where you've got that planet that's just one big city. Well, it was like that. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah, so continuing strong for backpacking, Brazil being the big mover, and then Argentina, I think, is mm -hmm. the other one that Argentina people will, so be, cool. will be thinking about because, well, they're in the news all the time at the moment mm -hmm. for all the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> their credit problems, the um, kind of kicking off about the, the Malvinas or the Falkland Islands. The yeah, it's a good way to kind of distract people from, from what's really going what's on, going on <laughs> yeah. with their local economy. Um, and it's also just introduced, if you're flying into Buenos Aires, you have to pay your visa fees online in advance. You can no longer pay there. But apparently they do have machines now uh -huh. at Aeroparque and Aziza. But that's the only airports. But it's, it's only for US, Canadian, and Australian citizens. Mm. So if you're a citizen of another country, you don't have to pay anything to enter. It's just a reciprocity, reciprocity uh, fee. So no, the price hasn't changed. It's just that you have to pay in advance now. Yeah. Kind of Do like the, uh, the Americans did with their entrance fee. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got to pay 10 bucks to enter the States. 14, I think it is. 14 now? Yeah, yeah well... Um, but yeah, we've got our Buenos Aires guidebook coming out, uh, which good. we mentioned at the start of the show by Stephanie Ockerman. We'll be speaking to her um, in the next weeks on the podcast. So if you are heading there, uh, we've, we've got to call it a hot country because we've got the guidebook coming out. 
Um, it's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. We've been talking about it for years, so I don't think there's uh, there's any bias there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, go. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be put off by the by the crazy in the newspaper headlines. <laughs> and then moving up, well, as we said. The south of South America isn't very cheap, but the further north you go, it seems the cheaper it gets. So Ecuador is becoming quite well-known now as a a pretty cheap destination. You've also got Peru and Bolivia. They're quite cheap. Paraguay as well. But Ecuador is doing a lot of work uh, in publicizing itself. And it looks looks really cool. I think they're trying to position themselves as kind of the the ecotourism destination of South America. Yeah, it's kind of the... What New Zealand was in the the eighties and nineties, kind of the adventure sports ecotourism, uh, with bungee jumping, rappelling, zip lining, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, Ecuador's making a name for itself there, and that's that's exciting. I think that'll be uh, one of the fastest moving of the northern South American countries. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm it's convinced. Awesome. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, we are. Wow, running low on time. So let's jump up to North America. I think 2013 will once again be the year of the road trip. Oh, yeah. It seems like there are two things happening across all of my social networks, all of my feeds, everything like that. And that is people are going to Vegas and people are going on road trips and people are going to New York. New York's always been there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at the moment, it seems everyone's going to Vegas or doing a road trip. I think that sounds like a good idea. I'd probably go with the road trip over Vegas, but uh, I suppose I should plug Vegas because of our guidebook that's coming out soon. But uh, you know, the idea of visiting lots of little towns and, and going and seeing weird monuments and, and national parks and things like that, it sounds awesome. And you can make it your own itinerary. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's something that uh, we'd like to do one day, but... Uh... As always, big countries, no time. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> and yeah, that that just seems to me to be to be it. It'll be interesting to see what things people inside America are thinking about and what's exciting for them. Because for me and in all of my circles, it just keeps coming back to, to those two things mm-hmm. with New York as an entry exit point or a, hey, I'm in New York, woohoo. <laughs> Um, I think I'd love to go to Canada, but I think Canada's going to be a 2014 destination. Yeah? Yeah. For us, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to go to Vancouver. (laughs) We're hoping to get there, then. Um, Canada's hosting one of the big travel blogging conferences again this year. So I think there's going to be a lot of talk about that in the blogging world as Mm -hmm. everyone kind of heads up there and does the conference and does the the trips around that. Um, But yeah, should be interesting. Well, let's spin the globe almost back to where we started and finish off in Africa. Well, Africa is one of those places that we have not spent enough time. In fact, Craig hasn't been there at all. I've never been to Africa. It's the missing continent along with Antarctica. Yes. So I suppose it's it's got a draw for us. I mean, we're fascinated by it this year. We really want to get there. And uh, we're, we're drawn by Morocco, which is quite near to where we are now. We could almost jump across there. And also Egypt and up into the Middle East, into, into Jordan, the pyramids and, and Petra. I don't know if we're going to be able to get there this year, but hopefully, hopefully. And I think, well, Jordan and Egypt have have been popular for the last hundred years, and I think they'll continue to be so, because they've just got the draw cards. So they're really, really going to keep pulling people in. Mm. The 
beginning of the year has been pretty rough for kind of North Africa and the Middle East with the Algerian hostage situation um, from this week, for example, um, the civil war continuing in Syria, um, the, the eternal problems in Israel-Palestine. And so I think that the countries in Africa that are going to do well this year are those that are able to distance their national brand mm -hmm. from the idea that Africa is scary. Like, yes. Africa's a huge continent. It's and enormous. just because there's problems in one place doesn't mean there's problems in another. So always it's dig all about down. Do, yeah, it is. And I think as a traveller doing the right kind of research mm -hmm. is important to to dig below the there's problems on continent to, yes. <laughs> to, to dig in and figure out what is really going on and where you want to go but um yeah it'll be interesting jordan's had its share of political unrest but mm -hmm. nothing like uh egypt or any of its neighboring countries um and so, you know, even though there's been problems, they've done a good job at keeping their image away. And mm -hmm. so tourism's continuing to flow through there. Um, also, heading, skipping out the entire middle of the country, um, <laughs> South Africa is going to continue to be popular, I think. Mm -hmm. I can't see that going away at all any time. And um, then Madagascar is yep. my pick. I mean, the movies helped its image <laughs> a lot. But just getting and, the name out there really helps. Yeah. As, as long as you know the name, it, you've got a connection with it, right? Yeah. And our long-term indie travel podcast listener, Spencer, was there on a kayaking trip oh, forever ago. But um, I was just chatting with him the other day, and it made me think of it again. And then I started seeing it everywhere, and mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah, this this is poised to really begin moving. So, yeah, Madagascar. One place that's kind of come on our radar recently is somewhere we'd never really heard about before, and that's Cameroon, which is a quite small nation in the armpit of Africa. <laughs> the armpit. In there. <laughs> well, if you imagine, it's kind of curved, right? It's right there on the corner. I suppose you could say it's under the knee, whatever. You know where I'm talking about. And uh, I don't think a lot of people do, Linda. <laughs> in the elbow of Africa? Well, you know, it's got that little corner. Yeah. Well. Okay. Let me try to describe it in... <laughs> On the, on the west coast in the corner, it's a small nation. Look it up in a map. But it looks really exciting. We hadn't heard of it, but when we were at World Travel Market, um, we went to their stall and we, we ran across a couple of people who were promoting it, and it just sounds fascinating. It does, it does. It would be great to be able to get down there sometime in the next couple of years because I think they're going to start putting money into tourism and bringing people in. And so this will be a, a good time to go before it kicks off, if indeed it does. Yeah, from what we've been reading and looking at, you've got everything from the coast through to the, the mountains and the, the savannah, because it goes inland a long way. And so you've got all of these different terrains and faunas, all of these different animals. And uh, yeah, just it looks really really interesting mm -hmm. um i mean i know you've got kind of kenya and zimbabwe as the the big cat big game go on safari kind of destination um what well, this seems less done and therefore mm -hmm. more interesting fascinating uh wildlife to see and 
Yeah, I think it's got a, a lot of room for growth and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. And if we're really lucky, we are uh, hoping to be able to make it down there this year. We've got kind of this magical time. Shall we talk about what we're doing this year? Okay. Yep, so that was what was hot for uh, for everyone. That was, that was our general picks, what's happening around the world. Of course, we can't get to all of these destinations. So we are uh, in Jerez for another three or four weeks, and then we're going to go to the Canary Islands for a bit, uh, to Fuerteventura, and then fly up to Italy, because we get a cheap flight there, and then spend probably about a month all up in uh, northern Italy and Austria. Mm-hmm. We were in Austria and Italy earlier this, well, last year. I keep getting confused. Last year, <laughs> in 2012. But we didn't spend anywhere near enough time in Austria. We were basically just in Vienna, which is an amazing city. But it was more of a recovery time after a mad kind of <laughs> couple, sim- of, weeks couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And so we want to spend a bit more time there, maybe hang out with Sabina again. And so after that comes to an end, we've got kind of a magical two months or so before we head to Berlin for the summer, uh, where we've organized an apartment rental there. So it's kind of this couple of months, and we might end up staying in that central Western Europe bit, or we might be able to make our way down to Africa and see some of these things that we've just been talking about. And uh, then, yeah, Berlin for the summer, which we're really looking forward mm-hmm. to. That'll be great. And then after that, well, we're hoping to see a bit of Eastern Europe, the the ones that are difficult to get visas for. <laughs> that's <laughs> why we need three months in Berlin. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we're spending time in embassies. And Moldova has a wine festival in October that we're really excited about going to. And then we'll head back homewards to New Zealand for um, for summer, for Christmas, hopefully via Australia to visit my sister on the way. Well, it's going to be a pretty mad year if everything works out. We're going to end up being on four continents. And, um, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what the future holds. Yep. Things have started to come together at the beginning of the year here, but it's, uh, you know us, things change. (laughs) (laughs) Rather dramatically. So we'd be fascinated to know what you're up to this year. What are you excited about? Where are you traveling? Uh, Come visit the Indie Travel Podcast forums and uh, get your free account and join in the conversation. Yeah, or uh, look up the show notes for this article and leave a comment there. Tell us what you're up to. I sent out the first email, uh, the Indie Travel Podcast email for the year the other day, asking people what they're up to. Mm -hmm. And I've got some fascinating uh, replies back. People going all over the place. I heard from people going to Asia that are in Africa at the moment that are... It, it was just very cool. You guys keep us jealous and we'll keep you jealous. <laughs> and it'll just keep working. Don't forget that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hostels, slash tours, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And we've also got our uh, guidebook store at guides.indietravelpodcast.com or just come along to the homepage and click on the books link. Uh, the big news at the moment is the pre-release copies of Las Vegas and Buenos Aires, the guidebook, uh, on sale at a great price before they are released. That'll be in mid-February, so awesome. we're looking forward to that. And for some non-monetary ways of helping us out, tell all your friends about the Intertravel podcast. Invite them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. Yeah, we've got about, I think it was 77 reviews in iTunes now. All mm. of them very lovely. Thank you so thank you, much. Thank you, thank you. And uh, it would be neat if we could get up to 100 reviews this year. That would be awesome. That so please, please, 
We'd appreciate it if you do that. <laughs> uh, and we talked last year about putting some music on the show, mm-hmm. like a little jingle or song to, to begin and end the podcast. Um, it's no secret that I've got the musical talent of a dead walrus. So <laughs> if you can do better than that and uh, you're interested in producing a bit of music for us, then uh, please be in touch through the site or mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.